Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Hida, and MJ. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Netflix's ninth film, the 2016 thriller Rebirth. Directed by Carl Mueller, starring Fran Kranz, Adam Goldberg, Nikki Whelan, Kat Foster, Andrew J. West, and Eric Layden. Good afternoon, boys. It's funny hearing you reel yeah. off so many names of this film. I didn't feel like there was that many important performances. <laughs> I think maybe that's the you know the catering team. <laughs> Got a gig in there as well. Nikki Whelan. Oh, yeah, good, good, good. Nikki Whelan. What good you... It's good to have a fresh face Australian in there. Um, I did actually make sure I had a look because I, I couldn't remember what Nikki Whelan was from. I, I figured she was from like one of the big Australian soaps in some capacity. Neighbours or Home and Away. But you know what I think I remember her from is Beyond the Boundary on Channel 10 when Channel 10 had the AFL. And I think, <laughs> I think that's why. Really? Yeah. And she's also on Coxie's Big Break as well. Oh, that's a breakout role. Coxie's Big Break. But I reckon it was Beyond the Boundary that I remember there. Right, eh? When they had the footy rights. and um, See, that was a long time ago. Maybe the peak of her career. <laughs> well, sure yeah. wasn't this. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into her a little bit later on when we talk about um, some of the acting in this. But sure, I guess we'll, we'll kick it off with our um, fast flicks, our quick summary of the film. Uh, hater, hit us off. Go, go. All right, mate. So, Rebirth. An average American husband and father is surprised by a long-lost college friend who convinces him to join him on a self-discovery retreat called Rebirth. He soon realises this cult-like program is a lot more dangerous and scary than he could have ever imagined. Ooh. Again, you've hit the, hit the mark. Dangerous and scary. How about you, MJ? Uh, a slightly confusing and very unsettling thriller about a self-help seminar on steroids. An intriguing premise with a somewhat interesting ability to keep you engaged, but ultimately let down by unfleshed characters uh, and too many plot holes. Good. Um, I really struggled to write one for this. Um... So I'm going to use the word struggling. Uh, a guy is struggling with a nine-to-five job when he reconnects with an old friend who offers him the chance of a lifetime to be reborn. He signs him up to the rebirth facility where he faces challenges on the path to starting over. Wow. That sounds like this... You don't give much away there, Jesse. I, I know. That might be your shortest yeah. one. Uh, you normally give out the whole story. You normally yeah, have the final like, scene in your yeah. bus. I, I like to usually just... And about the ending the whole, well. yeah, Give away everything. Like did, you, did you finish this film? I did, fi- did I finish the- I did finish this film um, I don't know how but I yeah. did um, it's unfortunate wasn't it it wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, like from that setup, it sounds like oh this could be an intriguing sort of film I think I think from all the kind of plot summaries you're kind of like if you're just looking at kind of the plot of the movie you're like oh, okay here we go this could be this could be good I think it was intriguing I, I like despite the fact that there were certainly especially at the start uh, elements where I was pretty bored of it and didn't really didn't really care too much about the characters. I was always like, so what is actually happening here? What's, what is going to be next? Yeah. It got me thinking in that respect. I, I guess, yeah, obviously just from a few um, remarks, I wasn't a big fan of this movie, but all throughout it, I was still really intrigued as to how it was going to end. Like I was kind of sitting there going, I'm not really enjoying this too much. I'm not really sure the characters, but I do want to know how this movie ends mm-hmm. where in it, in other movies, you know, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sick of this. I, I wish I could turn it off. I, I was generally like, no, I, I, want, I want to see how this actually ends, what happens in the end. The so payoff, it, it, yeah. it did actually keep me intrigued the whole way through. Uh, that payoff, I'm sure it did. It was, it wasn't, oh, there was yeah. no payoff. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't a payoff, no. There was no payoff. We could talk about the ending later. We'll talk about the ending later. So um, do we do we learn anything about this film? Do we find anything interesting about it? Because I found this really hard to... To, to find a much ghost, ghost movie online not much no to find talking it, about it. it kind of it was the um, the first kind of low budget Netflix film that was funded by Netflix itself yep um, 
premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival yeah. in April 2016, and then Netflix released it in July. Yeah. Um, they um, they produced it for $2 million. It felt very really much it, it felt like, very much Those like, scenes yeah. at the start in his office and stuff, it felt like they had just hired out this little part of his office and they had like a... Or they just cleaned out a room in their own Netflix offices yeah. and they were we'll filming here. But it yeah. It felt cheap. Yeah, very much kind of the $2 and million dollar every kind of thought. Every piece of merch that had that Rebirth logo on it, I was like... Oh. <laughs> I was like, Where, who, who made this? these, you know, yeah. T-shirts? Well, they and, bought them in bulk because they got it cheaper in bulk, of course. Yeah. Of course. But <laughs> I think they just bought stickers and then just stuck yeah. them on yeah. stuff rather than actually getting them printed. Um, I was having a read of um, Adam Goldberg, who plays Zach. He um, he had to audition for the role. Really? Poor he, guy. He was, uh, I think he was pretty keen on it, but the filmmakers had never seen him do anything like this. So they kind of looked at him and went, yeah, it's fine, but you're going to have to audition so we can see if you actually can do this. It's kind of a first role for him. Why didn't they do that by the other actors? <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought he was all right. I thought he stood out because I thought some of the acting in it was pretty poor. Yeah. And actually, he stood out a little bit. I was, so to the audition then. As usual, I always like have a check of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it didn't have a score. It didn't have a score. <laughs> it didn't have a score on Rotten Tomatoes. So then I clicked a little further to see what the audience um, mm, score audience on Rotten score. Tomatoes was. It was a good twenty seven percent. So this doesn't have a score because not enough critics. Not enough. It. Not enough well known critics. Yeah, gave it a, a review. So Stephen even has bothered to write. Yeah, it has nothing. Okay. Has nothing it's, on it's there. Got a, um, it's got a flat five on IMDb. <laughs> More their user ratings. That's. Yeah. Fair enough. Half, like that, yeah. that feels that feels not bad. Half. Okay. Yeah, we're going with half mm. now. Um, I think it, the only thing I would find was filmed in LA. It was filmed in LA. In, yeah, yeah. In and around LA. Um, Netflix have an office in LA, do they? <laughs> I think it's the uh, the third film. I think it was that the director had done. Uh, second, I wrote. Second, second feature. Was it? Second, okay. I think he might have written a short. He'd done a short before that. Yeah. He did a short called Widow and Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones is the film. Yeah, it was the only one film. Yeah. yeah. And then he'd written a couple of others. But interestingly, this again was written and directed by the same guy. Mm. Goes that whole auteur theory. Yeah. Uh, four out of the first nine Netflix films written and directed by the same person. So mm. we, I think it was Ricky Gervais yeah, Ricky pointed, that, pointed that out, thinking it's going to be a real opportunity. Mm. Um, and it's it's happened so far. Yeah, I've got my uh, my weekly music update. I think when um, <laughs> music. Yeah, like you know these these songs that they Netflix yeah. films seem to have. So um. They had that, that that little disco song when he walks into that rebirth room and they're like, Welcome to your rebirth with like that doof doof in the background. It was like another mm. great original Netflix song. Um, <laughs> but overall, I thought the soundtrack throughout this film was horrible. Like, the, the ugh, it just didn't fit with the, the tone of the film. Like, really did my head in throughout. Again, it was cheap. Everything, yeah, it was, it was everything all, about it was trying to it was cut, very much, cut yeah, corners. Almost, it almost as cheap as our intro um, song to our podcast. Like. <laughs> I, I enjoy that. <laughs> it's one of my favourite parts. <laughs> and it's better than the music in this movie. Oh, good. I, sh- I, could, I could get a gig on, on some movies. <laughs> Characters. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really find any... Likeable. I, I didn't like just kind of going to the movie and, you know, in movies like you root for characters yeah. and you want them to do well. I really was, wasn't was a fan of just any of the characters being played. Hey, Kyle, obviously Kyle Kyle annoyed me. Character. He annoyed me. Really disliked him. Yeah. See, he grew on me. Um, and I don't know if the acting performance is what grew on me more because I thought at the start he yeah. felt like that real stereotypical requirement for a thriller film. Yeah. Really mundane life and I thought his acting felt incredibly wooden um, and yeah. like he was just phoning it in but I feel like Fran Kranz who played Kyle warmed into the role when the character started discovering more and he sort of had a bit more license to go a bit more crazy yeah. and, and, and 
engage a little bit more. And I, uh, by the end, I actually felt like he was pretty believable for what he was going through, yeah. despite maybe a little bit of overacting at times. I, I actually do like that description of wooden. I think especially yeah. the second half of the movie was definitely kind of more involved, more, more into it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, definitely that, that's actually yeah, a good way to describe it. I think the first half of the movie, very wooden. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't offer a lot. And the Zach guy, he, I don't know. He I, remember, he, I thought he was like someone from NSYNC or something. He reminded me like a boy band <laughs> sort of... His character wasn't fleshed out at all. He's one of... He was one of probably the only actor in this that I knew. And I'm like, I, I liked him from like TV shows I've seen in there. And I, I just liked the actor himself. Hated this character in this. God, it was, he was annoying and just really irritated me. So he appears as like on. this Tyler Durden-esque character, um, despite the fact that he's obviously real. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never actually understand how he's gotten to where he is, why he's doing no, no it. No backstory at all for Was him. this manifesto thing like a real driving cause for rebirth? I, you know, it feels like a really flimsy foundation for a guy when put to the test. It test is actually really, he was really cunning. Um, yeah. And he'll ultimately a lot more sane than he seemed like he was, but you didn't, you didn't get it. No. Like, really thought there'd be a lot more kind of backstory on the manifesto. It seemed like an important yeah. plot point to get him involved and then we just basically don't hear much nah. about it for a while. I'm like, well, where did that fit in? Did they just kind of think, hey, we'll go with this. I oh, know we're going to run with something else now. It just really just didn't seem like a lot of research and backstory was done for that. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. Like maybe they just, maybe there just wasn't that much to be just to be talked about, yeah. and they just thought, oh, we've got to have something. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about they put this manifesto together in college? Oh yeah, that'll do. Like that's kind of how it felt. Mm. But I guess that's why I was intrigued to hear more because I'm like, oh, something's gonna, this is gonna be something. Some sort of reveal, you'd yeah. think. Um, Nikki Whelan's character. We spoke about Nikki Whelan before. I felt like every piece of dialogue that it was a question. Everything she said she, was a question. She answered every question with a more cryptic question. Yeah, it was just a question followed by a question yeah. followed by a question. Um, well, that was like the point of rebirth because it was like you do what you yeah, want to do. Yeah. She reminded me. I don't know, have any of you guys seen Species. <laughs> I actually, I actually have seen. She species. reminded me of that the chick from Species. Like I was like very robotic and just. <laughs> I can I can see that now. <laughs> just gave, gave me nothing. I was like, am I watching Species? Like I thought she's an alien's going to jump out of her chest and you know. Oh, yeah. I had no idea where she fit in, <laughs> and the fact that she was there at the end with the camera makes me think that she's some sort of you know, head honcho of yeah. this whole thing. Is she like a financial investor? Did she just get roped in like everybody else? Like, again, her and Zach, you kind of feel like they're probably the most important backstories to where this film ends up. Yep. And you have no idea yeah. why or how like it how actually they, happened. How they got involved, where they fit in and kind of the hierarchy and things like that. It was just... But watching it, I didn't really care though. <laughs> but you care because you need it for the payoff if you wanted to get a payoff because yeah. like, you just don't understand. That, and that's why you think like... This, it's like this whole plot wasn't thought out enough. Yeah, to actually. I, I, yeah, I feel like you're always kind of waiting. I was, I was talking before about how I was intrigued. I was going, and you're always waiting for kind of you know that moment where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. why they did this. That's why they did this. And it just never happened. Yeah. And I like Carl's character. I feel like if you had, um, you know, an A grade actor in that role, maybe it would have been more believable. Maybe you would have wanted to to root for him more. Maybe you would have, you know, put a Bradley Cooper or. Yeah, but I think he was still... They were still hamstrung by the fact that there was no real... 
plot, plausible plot. Yeah, the script wasn't great for him to work with. No, I guess to if begin you put, with, I mean, yeah, you, you put, put someone that you, you put someone who's likable in there, and then you're like, I guess, maybe it changes I mean, it. I would say if you put a Brad Cooper in there, you know, everyone likes Brad Cooper, so you're you're automatically going to go, oh, you know, we want Brad Cooper to yeah, do to well. Do but well, yeah. I mean, it still wouldn't change the fact that I think that Brad Cooper's not playing a great role and that the script's not great for him. Yeah, I always called him Bradley Cooper. Yeah, me too. Never, yeah, never heard the term. But you used it four times. Just yeah. We're buddies. <laughs> we're, we're on nickname basis. <laughs> Me and Brad. <laughs> Gotta love Brad Cooper. <laughs> oh, poor Bradley. <laughs> but man, characters are tough to talk about in this one because I, I thought Kyle was the only one that was actually fleshed out a little bit. He actually understood his backstory, he understood he's got mm. this mundane life, he's got this nine to five job, he's got the family, he's got the daughter. You kind of understood him, but no one else... Well, no one else they gave the time of day to. That's it, because a lot of the others were just in, like, you know, one scene. It wasn't for a very long time. They didn't, you know, a lot of them didn't have that many speaking lines um, besides them. It just felt very rushed and kind of to get him through. I mean, even, like, you know, the um, the character of his boss when he just walks off his cold times, he's just phone the on the phone. <laughs> just like, what? What is it even? Like, sure, he has, like, a line or something in there. It was, it was really kind of awkward, I thought, to watch those scenes. I was like, what, what is going on? See, those office scenes at the start, I thought they were probably some of the better parts of the film because everyone was wearing those dull grey suits, the walls were white, Mm. all the offices were white. It sort of gave you that reason for Kyle to want to join this rebirth program because he's got that mundane nine to five. They opened with a montage. Yeah. And how often do you see a film open with a montage? Like that's Mm. the very first thing you see and straight away you're like, oh, this guy's got a really routine life. He's just kind of just bored with his job. Just this is what he he just goes through the motions every day. I thought, yeah, I thought that opening was like really, really good um, because it, it gave you that reason. Like that montage, like just that routine was like, okay, and you're staring at the clock and mm. it's like, bang, okay, this guy needs a change in his life. And I thought, yeah, that's probably one of the better the better things of the film was they set it yeah. up well, but then it's, so, yeah, it's gone downhill it, from there. It sets like, it up for, I guess, why he did decide to go on this kind of retreat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And were there any other scenes that stood out for you? Um, do you want to go good or bad? <laughs> stand out so so any, anything that actually stood out that you thought I, I really enjoyed not really enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, the scene where Kyle has um, the knife to Jesse's throat mm-hmm. and he's going through all panic trying to escape um, I guess that was kind of where I saw what MJ was talking before about his wooden performance acting that's where it kind of you know escaped from that woodenness and um, I yeah I, I enjoyed it going from room to room everyone's worried and things like that I, I thought that was a good scene so we've got to the point now where we're talking about them being at this warehouse or whatever yeah. for the rebirth. Because I think that's obviously where most of the, either positive or negative, how we want to look at it, most of the crux of yeah. how we feel about this film is going to happen. Um, you know what really annoyed me? It really annoyed me when they kept ch- when they were chanting, not uh, cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, was I, so I feel like, you know, that was definitely the irony of yeah. it. Um, but it annoyed me because they, they had a go at him like, you're judging us. Why are you judging us? Like, where are you from? Minnesota. Oh, he's oh, from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hang on, you're yeah. judging him just, just because of where he's from. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... The, the whole warehouse stuff I thought was really quite strange. I feel like... So you get the idea that there's these different, I guess, activities happening in every single room. Yeah. I feel like none of these ideas were ever fleshed out. I no. feel like they were writing a script and they said... Oh, there's stuff happening in all these rooms yeah. and he pops into a couple of them. And then it's like, yeah. let's get him out of the room before we actually, before we actually figure out what's, what's going on in this room. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And uh, I'm not fussed that like in the film itself, we didn't explore it, but I do feel like they could have, should have thought about it to base it around something a little bit better. So 
I don't feel like anyone who made this film actually knows what happens at Rebirth. No. I don't think like they... I think they just wanted to act, seem like this culty kind of... Yeah. Uh, I guess Rebirth is a good way to put it, but they actually don't know what happens and I think it was just a little bit too convenient and thrown together. But like even before they get to that, the warehouse when he checks into like that hotel yeah. for the mm. pre thing, he's like got that little quest where he's the got clues, a, the clues, the clues, sh- the shower thing and, and the safe. Then 911 and he calls the phone. He's like, Oh no, I better. It's actually a safe code because yeah. like, yeah. I, I liked his reaction when he, yeah. when he dialed 911. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the cops. And yeah. I was like, Oh, it's a hotel. Maybe there's yeah. a room 911. Like, mm-hmm. What's your emergency? He's like, Oh no. <laughs> I, like, I like that. And it, like, so he rocked up at that hotel with his backpack, his um, pillow. His, the pi- okay. Oh. okay, good. Okay, good. I've got this written down because good. The, the whole pillow thing. Why do you bring a pillow to a hotel? Oh, but that's that, him. Like he's this nine to five father of one. Him and his wife. He's going away for what he thinks is a retreat. He brings his pillow. Yeah, you don't take a pillow. Don't take a pillow to that a was on character though. Yeah, I'm walking in with the pillow. That really annoyed me. Yeah, probably really. more than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. Annoyed it annoyed me. me that when he got on the bus, he didn't have his pillow. <laughs> that, that, that's what it was. He just left it there. Yeah. Um, all, all, oh, on the bus. When they all get on the bus and you got this all just kind of that was just weird. They're all just kind of sitting there, all robots kind of thing. Mm, I guess it was in one of the rules that you don't talk about. Yeah. What so so yeah, he he was the only newbie on there, but it yeah. just it just felt really strange. The when he got on the yeah yeah when he got like when he got to the rebirth thing, then like we've got these two rules you got to follow. And then there were four rules. Yeah, they kept, <laughs> they kept, they kept reeling off rules. rules yeah, mm-hmm. and they started off and said, oh, no, there's there's two rules. And then it's like, no, nah, we got four. <laughs> I was like, okay, surely someone would have checked that <laughs> at some stage. Where's the script supervisor? Yeah, the script has not been written well. No, no it wasn't, wasn't even looked at. Um, so that annoyed me. Anything else that really annoyed us? We'll talk about the end. Was, well, how about before we get to the end, like when he arrives back at his house, so after yeah. everything's happened... Um, and he finds everything is branded by Rebirth because I like as you can probably I was still in this movie and I was yeah. and at this point I was like okay where's this going now he's got out he's going home what's going to happen and this was just a little bit too much because I yeah I started to get a little bit excited because I thought it was going to go to this new level um, but then when you sort of see everything was branded all the pictures were changed Adam Goldberg was in the bath you're like, hang on, how did this actually that, all happen? And shit. then I was starting to think, oh, is this like some sort of alternate universe? Like, what's hey, actually happened here? How long was that bus ride That's what back I mean. for Adam Goldberg to beat him there? And But you know what? I can him. understand if the bus drive, the bus with, you know, the tinted windows mm. takes him on a bit of a joyride. Yeah. So it gives them time to come back. But how much time to yeah. get all those photos of things that happened literally as he was leaving? Yeah. All those photos printed, framed, put, in- frame put up there. Yeah. So that scene as well. So he realizes that his bank account's been compromised. Yeah. And he gets on the phone and he calls like the the fraud yep. line or whatever it is. And then that dialogue on the phone was all about, um, you know, the, the zombie. They'd been yeah. talking about these zombies yeah. almost yeah. a long time. So realistically, that to me, does that mean this movie's not like everything that's happened is not real? Well, that's where it comes down. I just, it just, nothing was fleshed out as to how all this stuff happened. No. And, and that goes and, and like does the Zach character have someone working it like how but I think it's got something to do with the fact that they had his phone whether they changed the numbers and all that sort of stuff or did anything mm-hmm. like that maybe they didn't take any money maybe it was just yeah. that's the thing we don't know and we don't think that the writers even know <laughs> like what what happened there yeah that sort of yeah I've, that really confused me like yeah <laughs> tricky um 
Now can we talk about the end? The end. Yeah. All right. So, go to the end. Go to the end. Does does Kyle actually get reborn? Because he doesn't. Like you guys both agree that this was just like a black. That video at the end was blackmail. Was black. Was blackmail. Yes. Um, like the pyramid scheme type blackmail. One of the worst endings ever. <laughs> but if 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 it wasn't, if 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 the ending wasn't that he was blackmailed and that he actually was just like, oh, you know what, rebirth was amazing. That's more of a cop out. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm yeah. glad it wasn't yeah. that. But so I know it's ambiguous. At, at yeah. the end, over the credits, you see like those testimonials with his wife, and obviously yeah. it's a few years later because he's got yeah. another do- another kid, another kid, yeah. And then the daughter's grown up. Did his wife have a rebirth brand on her? Yeah, she did. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, she so if she's committed to the rebirth and she's gone through it, are we thinking that he didn't? No. So I'm saying that rebirth as a whole yeah. is a big scam. And everyone doing it is in it for some sort of financial gain. Yeah, yep. I agree. They that. make these yeah. amazing testimonial videos so more people come, they start eking money out of them, yep. they become investors and it grows. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now that's what I'm pretty sure it is. But you're kind of always so, forced to be going back in there yeah. because they've always got this thing hanging over your head. Yeah. So if he, if Kyle's only in it for the financial gains, then why does he allow his wife to actually I think she has branding? To, well, I think the branding is all part of the image. Yeah, It's part of the image. So yeah, why, did they, why did they not show us with, a brand, with him with the branding? I think he's just assumed he has one. That's, that's what I thought. I, I just assumed he had one, and they showed the wife to show that he also got her involved too. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed. That, I yeah, get that too. But he's the he's it. the character who followed the whole film, and the whole film is about his rebirth, and we don't actually see yeah, that's him with point. that. Maybe that's supposed commitment. to be that little clue that because it is it, it is ambiguous. It, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> really, <laughs> you could sit there and go, oh, you know, oh, he he got reborn. Good on him. He actually did come into it. But I think maybe, to your point, Jesse, that he didn't get it, that was maybe a little hint from the director, like, hey, he's just talking out of his ass here yeah. to, to go along with the ride. Um, I didn't notice it, to be honest, but it's a good point. So, what was we're, we're touching on it now. What was the movie trying to say? Like, what, <laughs> what, 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 were, what were some of the actual themes or anything? Like, obviously, I think money was a big thing in it. Um, there was, you know, at the start... Um, as soon as Zach meets Kyle, he goes, you know, um, it's hard for the millennials to get into mortgages because of the financial crisis. So there's that whole thing about corporate greed and like, mm. you know, these, these people trying to make money and then it all yeah. comes down to him not wanting to lose the zombies well. and yeah, stuff the zombies, as well. Yeah, like, the zombies, going to work the every day. Grind, the yeah. grind. Yeah. But I also think it's a massive commentary on cult behavior yep. and indirectly pyramid schemes. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of a double of both. Yeah. And yeah, the, the brainwashing and the manipulation of these organizations and it's not a positive look no it's not going you know what these no. guys are alright no it's yeah it's how they brainwash and manipulate yeah. I guess average Americans and in, in was, people in general I was reading a review and one of the, the people in there um, said that these video testimonials and things that you see they're like very similar to the Scientology videos well, I, yeah. read a lot of, I read a lot of Scientology mm. books. I saw reviews actually from people who compared it had been in Scientology come in and out of science and they were like this movie really struck a chord with me because it's exactly <laughs> what it's like god um, obviously there's like that side of things where it's like trying to get in touch with yourself having fun getting rid of the rut getting rid of that 9 to 5 sort of thing I like that idea but Kyle didn't but do you think I don't I think this is almost he got out of it this is almost <laughs> applauding the 9 to 5 because well like what do you reckon they're more positive about in this film? The cult behaviour or the, the nine to five daily grind? Because at the end of the day, he's saying five, this it? guy had this pretty safe, happy life in yeah. the nine to five. He went and joined happy. this cult and things went haywire. Yeah. Like before that, that's kind of how I see it. I guess, yeah, but before, obviously, he wasn't happy in his job, but you know, he still had a wife and a kid and a house. Yeah, and nice. He's house. going okay. Yeah, it's better. 
He was better off before he went yeah. in. Attractive so, wife, yeah. gorgeous kid. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I don't, like towards the end, it's like it seemed like they had an even better life though, because they're sitting by in this nice pool. But you don't believe that. that they, that's what they want you to believe though. That's what exactly. That's what the cult. Yeah, the, the, the way of the cult life wants you to think. And that's not what he's. Yeah, I think that wasn't. You could see at the no, end that wasn't Kyle talking yeah. to the camera. If it's not him, surely it's years later. Obviously, yeah. it's years later. So years later, he's obviously been in this place and he's been making the money off it. So if he's made the money back that he was worried about losing in the first place, why hasn't he left? The question is, is he making the money back or yeah. is he blackmailed to the point where they still, he, he hasn't gotten out yeah. and he needs to play along? Are they still hanging it all over his head? Going, you know, you, keep having to, you have to keep towing the company line. I feel like if you have your kids in that video and you've got those kids showing you those kids off, then you're you're in on that. This is, but the, he is in. He's stuck. I, but I feel like it's in on it because he wants to. If he was, he he'd be like, okay, I'll do it for you. I'll do what I've got so to do. Think, like you, you like he did that video. Off I think he's I think he's in on that now. Potentially. Okay. And then at the end, you see they have that list of all the upcoming um, tours or where they're going to speak to other people and that sort of stuff. Kyle's that. He's that guy now who does those things. This is why yeah. this film was intriguing because there's so much to talk about with it <laughs> which really confuses me because I didn't think I was going to have this much to say about it I came into this this is the one that I wanted to talk about after I watched this film I was like this is going to be great even though it wasn't the best film and it certainly wasn't the best film going around I mean we've already pointed out a ton of holes in the film but it, it got you thinking and that's that's important for a film a it, film that can stay with you and give and you I've, I've got this thing about. I read as a piece of dialogue that says the deeper you look the further you see <laughs> That was that was said during the film, so that, that's <laughs> so there were, <laughs> for this podcast. there were lots of lots of these references to like the zombie life and um mm-hmm. you know, stop living your life as a spectator and um you know, there was a thing with his phone as well. The phone played a, a bit of a crucial part where he's in one of those rooms and it was like, you know, what's on your phone is not re- your reality. You know, there these photos of your happy life, you're not really happy, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Was that trying to, like, to me, that's, it was like this little half sort of push that they put in there to try and say, oh, yeah, we can, um, we can say that, um, you know, this guy is nothing without his phone because these are those fake images he's trying to show you of his family and that sort of stuff. Whereas I didn't feel that he was that unhappy with his kid and his wife. No, they definitely didn't. They set up that he, that, that he lived this routine life and they set up that maybe it was a little bit mundane, um, I guess the only real interaction he has with his wife prior to going to rebirth is when he's looking through those photos. Yeah, and she comes in the down. basement. Yeah, and there didn't seem to be a whole heap of happiness in that conversation. Yeah. I don't know if that's one little attempt at it, but I don't think it was like so many other things in this film fleshed out enough. Because mm. I certainly didn't get the vibe that he was particularly yeah. unhappy. And found quite interesting as well. Um, so when I think he first mentions to his wife at the start of the movie that he he'd run into to Adam Zach. To Zach, sorry, um, and and she was just kind of like, oh, who, yeah. who is that? And at the end of the movie, when she sees him, hey. she's kind of all warm yeah. and welcome. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Come meet our kids. Just such a contrast of who who are you talking about the guy into? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is you know uh, my best friend from years ago. I haven't seen in a while. How are you doing? Just seems like a very strange yeah, contrast into into how she perceives Zach. I guess I mean at the end of the day, she knew. He was there with Zach or with mm, yeah. Zach's blessing and mm. the fact that Zach was there, she knows who he is, but that's a good point as well. What, you reckon she was in on it as well? 
Ooh. Not necessarily, but I was just very... Uh, when I saw it, I was just very kind of like, that just seems like a strange welcoming yeah. for someone at the start of the movie who was kind of asking questions like, who do you mean? Who maybe you maybe she was in on it. Maybe, maybe she was the one that got all the photos on the wall and set the house up like that. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they already <laughs> had her in. <laughs> they they could have. Ooh, I like this better. That makes a bit more this, sense. This movie's getting better and better as we You know speak. what? When she said straight away, she's like, this sounds great. Maybe I should do it. Like, yeah. She was pretty quick to She was very that. much into it. How convenient was it when she's like, that literally she comes home with the daughter and then the daughter just nicks off straight away. <laughs> yeah. But they needed that time to kill while she was going upstairs to get the, oh, I'll go get our daughter. Yeah. And it takes her like five minutes to come back. I'm yeah. like, she was literally just <laughs> there. I just screamed out for her. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got a few questions to ask towards the end, but what, what do we take away from this film? Like, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, a pretty ordinary film. I know we've fleshed it out a little bit now. This, yeah, this was an ordinary, very ordinary film. I've read a few things online and I reckon you're probably going to say the same thing, a poor man's fight club. I was going to say like, um, this is a, he's, I think he's tried to do a cross between fight club and the game. Okay. I'm just like, what? <laughs> he's watching too many David Fincher movies. <laughs> he's decided he's going to make his own modern version of fight club in the game. Um, yeah, I, I, which, uh, that's what I thought he was trying to do. Yeah. Which I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great movie, but it, made, it got me thinking. And that's what I like. As soon as the movie finished, I jumped online. Mm. I started to read what people had to say about it, and there's a lot of movies where I don't do that. Yeah, and that that says something. I, I think what I said before was like, yeah, like it wasn't a good movie, but unlike other bad movies, I still was intrigued the whole way as to how as what was going to happen, how they were going to build the climax and how it's going to end I, I don't think this is a film that you necessarily would have to see on a big screen so it's probably found oh. its perfect market yeah, yeah this is definitely just a Netflix kind of movie if it had a great payoff at the end it would have been ideal for that yeah yeah. Um, but, but, it didn't. but it lacked that and I feel like like the, it's sort of it's a film that's like you need to concentrate on what's going on but at the end of the day you didn't really need to maybe but maybe you got to watch it again and maybe you do find out that the wife's in it the whole time <laughs> You watch it again and report back to us about what you think. You're giving them way too much credit. There is no way that this needs a repeat watching at all. At all. Um, IMDb. Uh, yeah, I did it. Of course I did it. What, what, what do we look up? What do we need to this, learn about this? this? Is, I, hope, I reckon you got the same one as me, maybe. I, I'm thinking I know which one you did, but I did someone different. Oh, I did this one straight away. I, I was, I think, before... Actually, I can't remember sequence in the movie, but I know who you're going to say, I assume. So, the guy, the character Jesse... Who the guy had the knife to the, had his knife to the throat was played by Pat Healy, who is famously Jeff Carson from Draft Day, the GM of the Jaguars, who they get pick six back for on the draft. That's not who I thought you were going to say. No. I saw it straight away. I'm like, it's Draft Day. <laughs> Sonny, what are you doing to me, mate? All right, hate What did you? Oh, straight away, I thought, you, I thought the same thing. I thought you were going to say Marty from Harper's Island. Played, Marty. Yeah, he played the guru with the girls. Okay. That oh, was, yeah, I didn't even pick yeah. that at all. But he wasn't my MDB. Mine was um, Eric Layden, who plays Todd, um, when he came on screen. Because um, I was a big fan of his in The Killing, and he's been in Shooter as well. So he came on screen, I'm like, oh, okay, he's in this. So I jumped on and see what else he's been on. Is that Uncle Marty? Yeah, that, that was Uncle Marty. I guess, well, Harper's Island's like yeah. 10 years, oh, more than 10 years old now. I'd be like 15. Mm. I, I was the same, the guru guy. I was like, I've seen that guy that gave... Oh, sorry. Gave, yeah, no, no, that's all right. You, you've stolen it, <laughs> but... ruined it for you. <laughs> He's 
I just thought that that scene, I think maybe I was more distracted by some of the dialogue in that scene. The, the sexual dialogue in that scene was that ridiculous. Was like, that, was, that was so awkward. But that's what yeah. I mean about these. what was happening in these rooms. Yeah, they it was never really fleshed, fleshed out. out. They, didn't, yeah. they didn't know what was going on. Was that supposed yeah. to be like the sex room or something? But I, I feel like they... So whenever he was in a room, it was, it was like, you, you, can't, room, yeah, you can't return to that room. Yeah. And whenever he was in that room, he always heard someone needing help. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we need this common thing that we can just use as an escape. That's good. That actually leads to a question that I had. Good. Is, was rebirth, you know, a thing for every single individual to get something out of? Or was it for one person every single time they had a new uh-huh. person? Because it felt like everyone was a player in Kyle's game. Yeah. And at the end, like, hey, it's Kyle. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Kyle. And they came out on the stage and stuff. That's why I thought it was, it was kind of like the Fincher movie, The Game, because it's kind of all about... Just that one, one character and his story. Do you think that's what... It, like, every single time they have a rebirth meeting, do you think there's supposed to be one person and everyone's kind of got to play that role? kind of makes sense that why he was the only new person on the bus. Yeah. I I, that's, I, I got that. Mm. I thought that's... Yeah. By the time that had happened, I was like, that's a rebirth. Is. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like yeah, they're converting one person... Or they're converting or they're blackmailing one person at a time. Because even when Todd Guy was not going to let him leave. No. And then eventually it was obviously Zach playing a role of like, oh, help me, help me. Yeah. Like, mm. it was all set up for Kyle. The whole movie kept saying um, to Kyle, you can leave at any time. Yeah. Did he really have the opportunity to leave? No. No. Not at, at all. any stage. Well, when he... When he well, finally, he had the opportunity to leave the rooms. Yeah. When, when he, he finally left. Room, when he finally left, he left. But no one would tell him where the exit was or help him. <sighs> yeah. I. But then he did get out at the end. Because, yeah, that's after the big reveal, though. Like hey, so, and, no, and, he's and a, then they say he did that. That was the quickest rebirth to stage two or whatever it was that we've yeah, ever yeah. seen, sort of thing. But even though he clearly hadn't yeah, been no, reborn, he hadn't, no, he hadn't at all. I don't know how they even came to that conclusion. And they kept making that note, you know, when um, Zach's in that room hanging and he's got all those marks on his back. They made a big deal about that's each of the rebirths that he's done. Yeah. So did he, he? Like to me, like I keep coming back to that because I feel like to have that rebirth to them, you've got to have that stamp on your back. Hmm. He didn't. We didn't see that happen with him. So, mm, fair point. No rebirth for him, for me. Um, another one of the rules they had was no spoilers. That's that was like, spoiler. yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, that's uh, don't talk about Fight Club. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's don't talk, it's <laughs> like that. Don't talk about Fight Best Club. Um, Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club. And it was all about you know don't tell your friends about what happens here. You've got to bring them along so they can yeah. see what happens here. Um, so Fight Club. <laughs> a few people have said that they think that um, that's about the the director saying a bit of commentary on like don't spoiling films like don't spoiler spoil, yeah, is yeah. a specific film term yeah, it yeah. Is a, it's so a film it's... terminology so to me it's really ironic that there's nothing that you can really spoil about this film yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just his take on the on the film world in general like, yeah. there's no twist so you can't there's nothing to spoil about this film no nah, and even if you thought you could you <laughs> probably got it wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly um, the end when they were doing those those little clips where it's like you know the testimony yeah, yeah those sorts of things they at the end they had like those medical warnings like check you with your doctor. Yeah, yeah, that was so good. It was it wasn't believable anyway. So what's nah. the point in having those? I didn't get what the point of having those on. I thought it was ironic. Ironic. That's all. That's all we give it is being <laughs> ironic. Um, that Nikki Whelan towards the end she goes to Kyle. She goes, "What do you think? Oh, sorry. Why do you think not belonging is such a bad thing? So is Kyle the whole movie? Is it just him about wanting to belong?" He just wants to belong to something. Like he wants to, he goes out of his way to, you know, do this. Like he, he obviously goes back to his house and then he says, oh, I need this boy's weekend away. But is it because he just wants to belong? That's, that's his. They take him out of his comfortable 
yeah. situation. Everyday life. But does he feel like he belongs? Like, because I don't think he belongs in that job. Because nah, he goes into talk. He talks, tries to talk to his boss, like we said before. Yeah, yeah. Boss yeah. has no time. Seems for him. like and then very, the interns don't talk. The interns, yeah, no like, one talks to him. Seems like he's underqualified. Oh, sorry, he's overqualified for his job. He's, he should be doing something more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so about finding what you need, not what you want. So it's him. Yeah, he needs to belong. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm done with thinking about this film. Is there any uh, anything else that has you guys want to talk about? Um, no, I don't think I got much. Yeah, I'm good. Whew, that was that was tough. But I do I do like that we got um got you made me think a bit more. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm you glad. made me think the whole thing was a setup. I'm glad we all came <laughs> to the party. That uh, was good. So how do we rate it? Yeah, how do we rate this film? You know, MJ? I gave this film a higher rating because it got me thinking after the film finished. So I probably enjoyed the overall experience more than the process of actually sitting through it, which is absolutely an important factor in film enjoyment. So it got me thinking and I like that. And I was curious to see if there may have been more clues, although it never felt too intellectual and it was pretty clunky and a bit directionless. But two and a half stars. Okay. Um, oh, look. I thought this movie sucked. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't enjoying it. The story really wasn't going anywhere, but as I said, it, it did have me intrigued as to how it was going to end, um, but that really doesn't save it. It was, it was pretty poor. I gave it one and a half out of five. I have really enjoyed this discussion. And, you know, I've enjoyed this more than I did watching the film. So, yeah, so, yeah, so that's good. But overall... That's the film that did that, though. No, it was you guys that did no. that. <laughs> had nothing to do with anyone that put any time whatsoever into this film. You have to give the film credit for that discussion. No, I give you guys credit for being intellectuals <laughs> because no one involved Just in this film at all had any intellect to them whatsoever. <laughs> Mate, this is a podcast for film lovers by film lovers. That's all it is. And we love film and <laughs> the people who made this film obviously don't because I'm giving my rating based on the film and to me the film, I'm giving it a one out of five because... It had very little... Like, the first five minutes, I was like, ooh, good setup. This this could go somewhere real, really, really good. And then, bang, no, nah, disappointment. <laughs> so, one out of five for me. Um, Heater, what does that well, give us? Our... I use my intellectual brain to average out those scores. This is a 1.67 out of five. Cool. Our third worst film so yes. far. Thanks to my two and a half. Bumping that up. Bumped it up. Well done, Rebirth. All right. So, we have got there. We... As usual, really, really like our social media pages and the feedback we get from you guys. Mm. Um, so if you can, please do make sure that you are following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're at Flix Forum on all of those. As usual, we're going to chuck a question up on our pages. Oh, I love these questions. These questions. These are those questions. These are some real beauties. I've really struggled with this one. Um, and as, as usual, I haven't told you what the question is. No. So my question is, should we live our lives by the out with the old, in with the new motto? I think there's heaps you could talk about with this film with that question. Mm. Heaps. Because Kyle is that, that protagonist that we've seen. And, you know, is he just living now with the in rather than the old? So... That will be on our Facebook pages, on our Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. If you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. Just um, do, it. do it. Give us a five star rating. God, Help us boost us on the charts. Next week's film. What are we next week? We're looking at the 2016 comedy drama Tallulah, um, directed by Sian Hida. <laughs> hey, we're keeping the G rating on here. Um, starring cool, cool Runnings. What's Cool Runnings? Yeah, cool PG. It's PG, that's all right. Uh, stars Alan Page, Alison Janney, and Tammy Blanchard. So please watch the film before our next episode so we don't spoil the whole thing for you and ruin it. Which we will. 
We, yeah, more than likely. I'll try and work on my um, intro next week to make sure I ruin it in the opening stages. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Once again, always a pleasure. We've had a good chat. Thanks, Jesse. It's been a good time. And um, we will see you guys next week. And we'll watch Rebirth again as well. I will not. MJ will. (laughs) Bye. See ya. See you, boys.